Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And joining us this week, we have two returning special guests. We have in the house, Michael. Hey, what up? And Josh. I'm here to talk about space. They are here to talk about space because this week we are talking about Outer Wilds, a game developed by Mobius Digital and published by Annapurna Interactive that is available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And I think it came out sometime around uh, May of last year. You'll probably remember because I think I've already talked about it twice on this podcast, but we finally all sat down and played through it, and we are good and ready to talk about space. Um, how's everyone doing? I think I'm on the wrong podcast. This isn't the Bojack oh. Horseman Theory uh, podcast? No? Not for uh, three days as of this recording. Oh, okay, gotcha. But uh, it will I'll be, be soon. It will days. be soon. Yeah, we'll do another one. Don't even <laughs> don't even worry. Good, good, good. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I was really pumped to talk about this game after I played it. Wasn't as pumped to play it after I heard the game length, but hey, it was worth it was worth the play. Yeah, uh, about, I think, 16 hours or so, varying time, depending on, on how long it took you to solve some of the puzzles. But um, just a heads up, this is going to be an extremely spoiler-filled episode. There's no way for us to do uh, basically any discussion about the game without just flat-out spoiling all of it because of the way the narrative is structured. So we're going to give you a brief little pitch on the game. We're going to talk a little bit about how we felt about it real quick in kind of a spoiler-free way, and then after that... All bets are off. We're going to talk about everything. So, you know, if you haven't played it, that'll be a good time to eject. We'll let you know beforehand. Um, but real quick, um, I'm going to say, Duncan, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the structure of the game? And then we can kind of go around the horn and uh, talk about how we felt. Sure. You're a four-eyed alien freak. You know, some sort of All monster right. creature, <laughs> some alien. I mean, you're normal. Uh, no. You're very normal <laughs> considering the environment that you're yeah, in. Where everyone else true. is exactly the same. Yeah, no, you come from this little cute, you know, camp of uh, these creatures that you are, and you're going to lift off into space for the first time today, but something happens, and you begin in a loop of every 22 minutes, the world is ending. It's, 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 in one way or the other, it's all over, baby, and you got to search the planets around the solar system look for clues look for reasons and you're really only obtaining knowledge of the worlds and planets and the species that was here uh before you as well that you know a little bit about uh to figure out why this is happening and you know who they were and to find these other survivors and it is just uh exploration romp there is no direction you just go in your spaceship and you learn and you fill out this nice board, and it's just a damn good time. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's it a beautiful is absolutely a space archaeology game. As you are literally just trying to track the story of an ancient alien race, and that's essentially all you ever do uh, in a really, really, really interesting way. Um, yeah. So, Michael, why don't you start by telling us? Real quick, and I want to be quick because there's a lot more interesting stuff to talk about than generally how we felt about it. But, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you felt about this game overall as a uh, full package? I felt pretty good. Uh, okay, on to Josh. Damn, that <laughs> oh, was, was maybe that a little quicker yeah. than we initially <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, too fast? Okay. He did okay. say real quick. He did yeah. say, yeah. No, that's that's on me. I apologize. Well, no. It's because Michael's quick easier, usually a little bit longer. 
we're going to keep that in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, okay. So uh, I very much enjoyed this game. Um, I love exploration games. I love where you get to just kind of, uh, you know, lift under the rug and see here what's underneath that sort of thing. Um, this is one of those games where I would play it for three to four hours, you know, maybe right before bed, and then I would just think about it at work, like thinking over some of the puzzles, thinking about, you know, the story and what I know so far. And this um, this was like, I, I think I put 16 hours into it. It was like a 16-hour obsession. It was very good. Nice. Josh, how about you? Um, I would say, you, you know, this game actually kind of was the roller coaster for me in ways mm-hmm. um very up and down i liked a lot of it i like i mean i liked most of it but there were definitely times when it's uh, i don't want to say it wasn't good but just certain things about it that uh i didn't think were great um things didn't click with you things didn't click super well i mean i would still say overall i really enjoyed the experience and i do still have it on the mind a lot like thinking about just in general the concepts and the gameplay you know just the things i did especially in the beginning um but uh overall good game i'd recommend it to people um that's just kind of how i feel about it now even though it's hard to recommend it's hard to explain it's hard to to people and have them realize why it would be good because you find yourself saying you just you don't i mean you do a lot but you don't do much just go just just go fucking play the game or you find yourself doing what i did and you know buying it for your friends to be like you've got it you've got to fucking play this game yeah wait wait this game was purchased for us uh it was purchased for you know at least one of us in this call damn it (laughs) (laughs) drive Um, me to the airport next time and i'll buy you a copy of the game okay cool 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 um so my thoughts on this game are pretty high along with the uh, I feel like with the others in some ways here I just I just really enjoyed it there's not much else I can say without going into too many terrible spoilers of like why but I got to say that the engagement factor on this one is super high for me there are a lot of times where like I kind of just want to not have to listen to the game and listen to my own thing. Or, like, sometimes when I start off playing a game for the podcast, I'll listen to, like, a little bit of a YouTube video as it starts up for it's, like, during a grind session. But there's just something about being in the world and, like, jumping around and exploring and stuff like that that I just kind of, like, I was in it. I was in there. I was that four-eyed little freak. I loved it. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I've talked about this game a couple of times already. Um, I will just say that, you know, it went from something that I really enjoyed to something that I absolutely loved to by the end. I mean, it absolutely ranks in my top 10 favorite games of all time. It probably ranks in my top five favorite games of all time. And I, I'm not 100% sure where it lands on that list. Um, but I think that it is like like Josh said, it's incredibly difficult to to sell to people. Um, so I would just say, do yourself a favor and, and go pick it up and play through it. And you know, it might work for you, it might not. But if you are like me and it works for you in that same way, then it will be a you know nearly transformative experience in a lot of ways. So definitely go out and and check this one out. And I think after yeah. this, um, we're in spoiler zone, boys. Yeah. Hey, we'll, real quick uh, before we do that, I will say if you're like more like me, I will say the beginning is great, and then you really 
gotta keep going okay you really just gotta get it you gotta do it okay like don't mm. fall off this game if you go out and get it if you give it a try if you have xbox can't, isn't it on game pass it's on game pass totally yeah so just pick xbox it up or windows if you pick up windows game pass it's on there too and and another thing before we get into spoiler territory i just want to say real quick if you are playing it like and you put an hour into it just feel free to put it down you don't have to push through it the whole time mm-hmm you don't have to shotgun the game in three sessions or anything like that. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> some, of, some of us would, uh, you know, you know, would rather play it in three sessions. You know, <laughs> what do you want from yeah. me? <laughs> some of us would okay. rather hear, oh, we're recording on Monday. Oh, well, it's Saturday, so I'll get that one figured out. <laughs> I got three hours in the game. It was like, it was more than good. You were good. This is not anything no, for good. anyone uh, to listen to but us. Let's, let's move on let's to move spoiler, on spoiler territory, territory because I actually immediately I want to pivot off of what, what Josh had just said there in terms of, you know, you said you really enjoyed it and then you had to push through to get to the end. Again, we're in spoiler territory, so if you haven't finished the game, you should probably leave and go play it and come back. Um, so generally speaking, uh, I I found the narrative structure was what drove a lot of that and the kind of freedom in which you can go to to everywhere at once. So can you describe a little more, Josh, about like where those peaks and valleys were and why you kind of felt that way? I'll say the very beginning of the game is super strong for me. Something about the home planet, um, uh, Timber Hearth was the planet mm-hmm. you started on. Something about that place felt really good. I mean, it made the game almost feel like something else, something other than it was, you know, like, because you start out, you wake up, you're talking to everybody, you're enjoying your time on this planet. Mm-hmm. And... You're like, oh, cool. I'm going to blast off into space. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome adventure. I don't know what's going on. I'm taking my time talking to these people. I'm playing hide and seek. If, and the music was playing. It just felt so, I don't even know. Like felt the word. homey. It, it felt homey. homey. Yeah. It felt homey. Like I immediately got like home, homey feels. Like it felt good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a nice warm place, right? I'll, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, that feeling does continue on as you continue to travel through the universe. You know, you get the, um, what's the scope called? I can't think of the. Signal thing. Signal thing. Why can't we think of what it is? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. The triangle button. The triangle button. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Wow. Oscilloscope? That's nothing, right? Signal scope? Maybe a signal scope. I mean, oscilloscope is definitely a thing. Right, but I don't think it's the right thing. Um, Signal scope is a device for the Outer Wilds venture. Nice job. There There we go. Got it. Cool. Signal scope. So you get that, and then, you know, that can hear far off distant sounds, and you're like, well, cool. I'm going to start exploring those sounds, and it's really awesome and amazing. And you start finding out all these things that you get to add that you're adding on to your uh, ship's database or motherboard, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, your ship log. And it's all these really good feelings, right? You're doing all this stuff, you're exploring, but eventually, you know, you kind of run into. I don't want to say. I don't want to say you run out of things to find. It just becomes harder, and you kind of lose your way. Yeah, you know, like... I, I mean, I definitely also hit a bit of a wall at points, right? I think if you get stuck, you, you kind of just you, you lose some momentum. Yeah, I mean, absolutely the best way to play this game is to play it shortly after one of your other friends played it, so that if you get stuck, you can just be like, hey, what's up? What am I missing? Give me some direction. Um, because I think that that like hitting that wall that you had talked about is really disheartening especially because you know it's it's very difficult to try and look up what you should do in this game because Mm -hmm. the nature of it is just like you don't want to accidentally spoil yourself on you know something that you haven't done yet but not knowing where to go can definitely be frustrating i will you know absolutely cop to that yeah, and, and speaking more to the point of, like, the happy, good-all feeling, like, happy feelings you get right in the beginning of the game, 
mm-hmm. like change drastically as you start to explore things. It almost turns into like uneasy fear most of the time. I mean, you are trapped in a time loop that ends with the solar system ending. So like, yeah, I would describe it as a little bit uneasy as you move through the game. Yeah, you get on edge, especially as time goes. And you start to hear the synth, and you're like, no, 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 I'm so close! No, I'm, I mean, I'm in the middle of reading a thing. It took me 20 minutes to get here. Don't do this to me. Yeah, but as I, you know, think about that more, that honestly is probably, uh, you know, it's like a good thing towards the game. It's it, That's saying a good thing, right? It really made me feel tense and tight, and like, I didn't want to die to certain things, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be really careful as I was playing the game. I also really felt really good, you know, discovering clues and things like that. There is, yeah. like, the main thing that put me off about this game I'll hold off on saying, but... Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll just say, like, okay. it had its ups and downs for me, and I, the main so, thing that threw me off, I'll wait. I'll wait on that. I'm curious if you guys have the same kind of um, categorization in your head that I do. Um, and I, I think you might not necessarily, based on how you play the game, but I kind of split the game up into three chunks, essentially. Um, which I was trying to figure out the name of like a naming convention for them. And I figured the easiest way is probably just to describe it as exploration or discovery, exploration and problem solving, Um, which is to say that like the first probably six or seven hours I put into that game were all essentially exploration. They were me going from planet or discovery. They were me going from planet to planet, just discovering new things about them going like, Hey, here's this cool environmental feature. Hey, here's this cool like story hook, but I have no idea how it works. Right. And then once you have that kind of, like, wide groundwork of what each planet is kind of like and where certain things are situated, I entered kind of a different phase where I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, pick a specific point or object or direction or planet and, like, really try to do more of a deep dive on it and, like, gather all of the information from each planet and, like, relating to each project until you get to the end of the game where it's kind of like, okay, now I have this wealth of information. How do I put it together to get to these, like, endgame goals, to solve these, like, late-game puzzles, um, and, you know, move on to what is eventually the ending of the game? Uh, And I think most people when they talk about having issues with that game it ends up following in that falling in that like secondary exploration phase where they don't know what to do and i've heard a lot of people initially be like i don't know if this game ends because i don't understand what like i didn't know how to get to credits until i was like 14 hours of the 16 hours I put into this game. Um, So I think a lot of people fall off there, but I also wonder if that would be the experience you had if you did it differently than me and, like, drilled deep on planets as you got there. And, like, I'm going to go back to Brittle Hollow over and over and over again until I feel like I've gotten everything, and then I will move on to Giant's Deep for the first time or something like that. Did did any of you guys do that? Yeah, I mean, that is essentially what I did. Is that Mm -hmm. that second way of describing it? You know, um, I, I... I explored the whole the whole system, you know, checked everything out at first, and then I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to, like, check these off one at a time and see what I can do, um, and quickly realize that that does not work very well because all of these planets are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is how I tried to approach it at first, was kind of systematically. It didn't deter me that much. I was like, oh, well, I, I just have to reconfigure, like, how I'm approaching this because it's clear that this is not going <laughs> to... Like I, I need information from like three other places to get past this puzzle, or yeah, you know something like that. Um, For me, it was more taking it in the because uh, the board is color coded with the different sort of mysteries. So mm-hmm. it's like you know you have your quantum one, the Ash Twin Project, and uh, the uh, the cannon, vessel. the vessel, uh, and, and the cannon, yeah, 
yeah, and the orbital probe cannon. And I took it per mystery instead of per planet. So, like, gotcha. I figured the orbital probe cannon out pretty much, like, very first and, like, learned as much as I could about that and visited each planet and, like, mainly searched for that information. If I came across other stuff, it wasn't, you know, that's that's just what I came across. But I was always kind of trying to figure all those individual mysteries out first and then move on to the next one. Like, I did the quantum stuff the very first like it's one of the first thing i did that's really interesting that's uh is in the moon yeah you went to the moon first thing dude well not very first thing but it's like (laughs) the first big thing i got was mystery towards solving that was definitely my last one yeah my very last towards the end for me oh my gosh it was just such a it seemed like such an easy objective i'm like find all the quantum stones and then figure out how to get on the moon that keeps disappearing the other ones seemed more abstract and kind of like, I don't know, you need to know all this stuff about this, you know, species and how the technology works. And it's like, this seems easier. That's literally I don't know so why. crazy. I remember I saw like the, you know, there's that place where you can see where all the planets are. There's like mm-hmm. um, things rotating on the ground. That the show you quantum the locator thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They show you the position of all the planets. Yeah. I remember I walked up to that and I was like. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and I left for like 13 hours. <laughs> Shoot, that's funny. And I, I was like, I need to go and see what that all was, was all about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. Um, yeah, that's really uh, And I love that about the structure of this game that you can, you know, we can approach it four different ways and all end up kind of getting to the same goal. But I think the the change in the way you approach it is so so wildly important because it really structures how you experience the story Uh, and i think you know with the story being this kind of like abstract thing that just exists in the world and is never presented to you i do wonder like how much of an impact that has on your enjoyment of it because i like i physically can't imagine experiencing the story in any other order than I did in any other order than just kind of like broadly seeing each of the planets and then like, you know, narrowing in and being like, well, I'm going to go to the probe cannon first and that'll be the first big thing. And then I'll do like the high energy lab. And then eventually I'll do like this and then I'll find the vessel. And then after the vessel, I'll go like to the core of giants deep. And like, it felt like each of those things were structured in such a way that like you were very clearly signposted to the next one but i know that's not true because i know a lot of people have done it in a different order um and i i just it's so cool to me that that experience can be completely different and i'm sure all of us didn't have the same experience other than like doing the ash twin project last because i think that's what the vast majority of people do last because that's the end of the game basically yeah well if they didn't put it behind a fucking stupid sand pillar, <laughs> right then oh maybe man. i would get there that was the <laughs> dumbest i did not like that puzzle yeah me either yeah there people were frustrated with that one um i definitely i get that i think it was maybe the worst signposted of all the puzzles it was definitely the one like the only one where i felt like looking something up was warranted um because i also just like existed in that area like it's gotta be this but i don't fucking understand how to make it work um and then the 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 conclusion was not quite as satisfying as i would have initially wanted on that one i had some wild theories you should have heard me messaging alex i'm like okay do you go under into that giant's deep statue factory and like transfer yourself somehow to the yes. Ash Twin project? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <none laughs> nothing like that. No, so. it was it was great. He would always message me the wildest shit and be like, "Damn, Duncan, that's really cool." 
you are not even a little bit close. <laughs> You're not even remotely. on the correct planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah that that that's um, extremely cool. I'm going to take the ball here. I'm going to ask you guys. I want to know, just kind of light, a little fun question here. Just give me, like, a favorite planet death or moment. Either one. You know, just 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 hand me something. Pass me a planet. Okay. Hand me a planet, Alex. <laughs> or Michael. Or Josh. You know. Any <laughs> one of you. You know. Anyone <laughs> else that is in this call right now? Oh, boy. <laughs> is this you, thing you on? You seemed like you had something, Michael. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I do, I do have uh, something that stood out for me the entire game um uh <laughs> is it putting the camera on the ship? okay that's not Sorry, a death that worked we'll talk about that in a bit um no this was on um this was on uh the ash twin uh what's the okay not the not the one with the sand the other one em- ember ember thank you well they both have sand on it eventually well, the sand goes between the two fair enough but uh, I was on the Ember Twin, and I was near the end of the uh, near the end of the cycle, near the end of the 22 minutes, and you know the sun's getting a little bit bigger, the synth is starting to play up, and then I see the smoke from uh, one of the one of the Harthians sure. that I haven't talked to yet. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just talk to him and see if I can get something off my Charlie <laughs> board real quick. And I talk to him, and it's like the sun is like it's starting to go blue. And I just talk to him and I say, hey, you know the sun's gonna go supernova, right? And he's like, what? Uh, I just need to be alone for a minute. And like before I could even exit the menu, like I just exploded on him. And it was the best timing. And that was my favorite moment in the game for me. Oh, oh, that's, that's really, really funny. good. <laughs> yeah. I love I love that particular heart at the end because their dialogue changes over the course of that twenty two minute run as like more and more stars start going supernova in the distance. So they're like really happy to see you at first, and then the later you talk to them, the more they're like, "Hey, this I've been really lucky to see a lot of supernovas lately. Like, hey, this hold on, something is very wrong right now." <laughs> I uh, didn't know that. That's interesting. It's really cool. I think he's the only one whose dialogue changes if you talk to him throughout the loop, though, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I feel like when I was holding the, the like, quantum core, like, the, the endgame object, I walking up to um, Feldspar, there should have been a dialogue option that's like, hey, I have a very powerful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something. It's It's been real. It's about to be over, though. I'm sorry. My bad. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you boys have any good deaths? Oh man! I mean, outside of autopilot flying me into the sun, literally every single time every I try to use time. it, what's the point? Of it's autopilot? garbage. It's fucking garbage. It's so bad. I hate it so much. Um, I think my my favorite death was definitely um, I was trying to figure out how to get onto the quantum moon and getting like a little bit frustrated because I just my ideas kept being wrong. Um, because I was way overthinking it, and eventually I was like, fuck it, this is really annoying, and I was like, I'm just gonna shoot a probe into it, and I, like, missed a little bit, and I went past it, and I was like, fuck it, just take pictures backwards, and I took a bunch of pictures backwards, and just was like, I'm gonna fly right through this, uh, and, you know, that is how most people solve that problem, is just taking a picture of it, uh, but (laughs) I did not expect it to work, so I was going (laughs) extremely quickly when I landed on the quantum moon, uh, and exploded and died immediately. Wow. But it was the only death where I was like, huh, I figured out the fucking puzzle. (laughs) Way to find the, figure out that puzzle. That's amazing. Worked out perfectly. That is a good segue into, uh, the way I solved it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so you, what I you solved it like a madman. <laughs> I like a mad fucking scientist. Yeah, I haven't scientist. heard this story. I'm just, you know, I saw a little bit of that there, but Yeah, so what I did is um 
I just floated outside of the quantum moon and uh, looked in my ship, and I attached a camera to the front of my ship. You didn't. You didn't even do it before you lifted no. off. Nope. I went to space, <laughs> Duncan. Space walked to put it there. I did, and of course, when I turned around, the quantum moon wasn't there anymore. Yep. So I had to go and find it again. And Alex, I think, was watching me for this, oh, right? Yeah. And. Um, so I just, I found the quantum moon again, and I just started flying at it, and just like rapidly pressing down the take photo pictures, so I was just taking as many pictures of it as I could, and I got through, and I landed on it, and I'm like, wow, that's a dumb puzzle, and then Alex told me the right way to do it. Uh, I mean, man. it worked, right? Any, any solution that works isn't a dumb solution, but yeah. boy, that one felt like a dumb solution. Yeah, that one, yeah, I did not deserve that one. For me... Um, I mean, I had a lot of stupid deaths. I don't know. Um, one that That's comes to mind. The, the tagline of this game, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's literally like, I'm going to try this out. Oh, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember before I was even, like, fully, like, acquainted with all, like, the game and everything you could do. I, you know how there's those geysers at the very beginning? Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, you know, I bet you it's, like, a secret if I jump down there. <laughs> and this is, I didn't have my suit on or anything. I was just like, I bet you it's a secret if I, I'll just jump down there and uh, see what's going on underneath this geyser. Nope, just shoots nope. me up into the air, and I fall back down to die immediately. Didn't have the suit on. Oh, man. It's great. I, I definitely did that, too. And I was like, oh, cool. I just have to restart the actual game this time. Ugh. I think my favorite death is any time I was waiting for something or, like, just doing some dumb jetpack stuff, and you just launch yourself. And just the, like, bone-crushing sound mm-hmm. and the way that you ragdoll around after you <laughs> die a little bit in first person. You're like, did I die? Did I? Yeah, I definitely died. I should know this by now. Yeah. Uh, that and also I was sharing my screen with Alex at one point, and I'm like, oh, I'm confused by the Dark Bramble. Let me, because uh, I was just showing him my board. I'm like, I'm just going to go there anyways. You can watch me explore it. And he's like, yeah, of course. Sure, no problem. <laughs> and I'm just flying, and I just hit it at like 300 meters a second, like or higher, faster than that. Yeah, you know, uh, like 2,000 meters a second. My well, yeah, That's it was a huge much, discrepancy, Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and I just died immediately. And it's just it's just fun. It's, it's tough on you, man. It's it's, it's extremely yeah. easy to be going way too fast into objects where you're like, it doesn't even look like it's getting that much closer, and then it's just there. I gotta say though, my I want to talk about favorite planet though for sure before yeah. we kind of leave this space because like conceptually the uh, the twins the are my favorite. Twins. Yeah, but the experience there definitely uh, harshened that a little bit. So I gotta, I gotta give it to Brittle Hollow, uh, which is just there's something about the colors with like anyone that can pull off like fire ice well and like make it look good with like the meteors striking and stuff like that. Like it's primarily blues, but like when you get in there, there's some really nice reds. There's just something beautiful about the like black hole in the center of it and just like the way it's laid out feels like absolutely genius and it's like bizarre like portal and stair and walk up ceiling system yeah. that i just i love it so yeah, much i agree 100 uh, that is my that, favorite yeah. planet by far yeah. wow a bunch it's of it's a great job in here yeah well what, what, you, what about you alex let me, let me guess the sun uh, wow! Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> time there for sure. I'd say I spent a lot of time there. Um, no, I would definitely say my my favorite planet was Giant's Deep. I think. Um, I think just the scale 
and that like sheer terror that comes with entering that planet was like it hit me in a way I wasn't expecting just like landing and then just giant cyclones moving around and being in a planet that is like largely super heavy water that you can't really go under that easily. Um, Everything about that whole aesthetic worked for me in a way that not a lot of other things tend to do where I wasn't like afraid of it at a conceptual level, but it was still really terrifying to be there. Um, And then also I think the, story beats you get at the core of uh, Giant's Deep are incredibly cool as well. So that tied the whole planet together really well. You get a lot of really good story info on Giant's Deep, actually. Yeah, that place was a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the first time I was there, I mean, I think I already talked to you guys about this a little bit, but the first time I was there, I don't know, I don't really remember what happened leading up to it, but I was outside of my ship somehow, and then I fell into Giant's Deep for the first time, and that was like an awful experience. <laughs> it, it was literally like I was legit like frightened. I was like, I don't want to be here. I just want to die. There's tornadoes everywhere. There's water. I don't. I've God. never seen another planet like this. I hate having to have a layover at Giant Steep. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I was literally just like, Can I need. Imagine? I'm so close to running out of air. Please just oh, run out of air. <laughs> Duncan, some... I don't feel like you got the laughter on that joke that you deserved. That one was good. <laughs> uh, I, I do think there's some amazing Legend of Zelda hijinks that happen on Giant Steep where, like, the, like, islands fly up into the mm-hmm. sky for a little bit and then fall back down. Like, that's some dumb shit that I wasn't expecting, and it killed me two or three times. Oh, I didn't know you. what was going on. Yeah. yeah, if you just aren't, you know, floating back down when the island falls, you definitely die. Oh, I flew up once and I flew back down, but maybe I got lucky. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it might have just been safer landed in the water or something. I thought there would um, be a puzzle Oh, yeah, there. yeah, I did, I did. Yeah. I thought there'd be a puzzle where, like, you had to wait till it was in space and then go underneath an island and then go in. Um, I also thought that, but there was not. Yeah, it turns out we were very wrong. <laughs> that would have been hell to wait for, so I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't have the timing down in that area at all. But, no, I, I, I love that place. Uh, fucking Dark Bramble was the place where I was like, no, this is a nightmare. I'm not going back. And I went there once scary. at the two-hour mark, and I didn't go there again until the 10-hour mark. Holy wow. cow. I will say there was Fuck a funny moment that. in Dark Bramble that I had because there are the uh, big, scary anglerfish there. Mm-hmm. That'll come and try and kill you, you know, if you move at all pretty much. Um you know, if you move significantly. Yeah, the fucking worst um, part of the game, yeah. Yeah. There oh. Was, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. There was a funny moment where I, I was in the red seed, so like pretty close to the end of Dark Bramble, yeah. and um, I barely inch in and they start coming at me, and I like back up super hard, but I hit the wall. And like something like they're so big they couldn't get to me though. So they were <laughs> yeah, like yep. they were like four feet away from me and there was just two of them just gnawing like just <laughs> Going just so like derping out, just just you know. like freaking out. Literally, I was looking right at one, like right in his mouth, and I was like, "Wow, this thing can't get to me." And then I look like slightly up into the left, and I'm like, "Oh, there's another one." <laughs> <laughs> I guess there really is no way out of here. And I was like, "Just eat me." Oh, that's extremely yeah. good. Um, I I think let's move on now. We we had our fun. Uh, I want to talk about a little more of the the hard story elements in this game because I think that is what worked the most for me. Um, specifically, I want to talk a little bit about how you guys felt about the. The Nomai in general and, like, how you felt as a, like, your connection to that ancient race. Because I think that they did the, like, here's an ancient race that was here long before us. That technology is far more advanced than ours. They did it, like, in a way that felt extremely, 
I don't know why it felt so different, but it felt very different from other games that do that. I think I felt much more of a personal connection to the Nomai. I think just the way that they spoke, the very like conversational, character-driven way that all of their dialogue was written. Um, very made personal. It, felt personal. Yeah, it was way more personal than I had expected it to be when it was like ancient precursor alien race. Like I felt... I felt a distinct attachment to certain of the characters, which made, like, their eventual demise, like, actually hit really hard in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Like, did you guys feel that going through the game at all? Well, it's because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like, lore. It was conversation, I think, yeah. that made us feel so connected to it. I just wanted to... Conversation, and they were that. like, oh, no, like, you guys are obviously flirting can you not do this in our in our like recordings <laughs> i love it i love it so much they had so much charisma just through these conversational writings on the wall you know mm-hmm. and to be able to convey that and to be so uh for lack of a better word human right um and show compassion or fear or all these emotions like ah no we can blow up the sun it'll be fine like yeah. that, that hubris you know, in the face of these enormous tasks that are like high sci-fi concepts that you can barely conceive of, you get you know two people flirting, or you get like you know political arguments about the ramifications of things, and it, it just it felt so much more grounded than I had initially expected when going into this game. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't have anything. No. I don't, I just want to. Ye- I agree with ye- you on that. Ye- I, I don't want to <laughs> add too much more. Uh, kind of bouncing off of that a little bit did you guys um i I felt this very strongly at the first half of the game i don't know how much of that was me just like projecting you know one or two lines of dialogue onto a whole civilization but did you ever feel like i mean mean, first of all when you were playing through the game did you think the nomai were responsible for everything because i feel like that was kind of a red herring that they set up that was like hey they fucked this all up real bad here's why Oh, absolutely, because, you know, with the whole sun station thing, like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. we're going to pump a bunch of power into it, and, I mean, for me, it wasn't until the very uh, end of the game that we learned, like, no, 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 it it failed, Um, Mm -hmm. we didn't blow up the sun, this is happening for a different reason, Yeah. Um, so, of course, yeah, you know, you think, like, ah, you know, these interlopers, they came in, they messed everything up, Um, why they got to be like that, but. (laughs) Well, I, I don't know, like. So, in my thoughts, you feel like you're like, oh, it would have been, you know, it wouldn't have worked anyways because, you know, this sun is dying and they couldn't get it to work. But let's say if it did work. Let's say if they did get the sun station to work and they got it to go supernova. Mm -hmm. And let's say that didn't work. You don't think the Naomi? Naomi? Naomi. 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 (laughs) Yeah, you don't think the Naomi's would, uh, would, like like take everything from wherever to find the eye do you not think that eventually it would drive them to do whatever they could do to obtain it they didn't strike me as like a i don't know they didn't no they They built shrines to this fucking thing so i guess they tried to blow up a sun yeah they tried to blow up a sun (laughs) i really like i guess that interpretation of them as like overreaching scientific zealots that were willing to do anything to get to their end goal um especially because they're so humanized the the thing about the the nomai that feels really interesting though is like i agree with your interpretation of that with them as like we would do anything but there are clearly like varying factions within 
so I think they come off as far more complicated than that, right? Like, there, you get arguments about them saying, hey, this is, like, we shouldn't be trying to blow up the sun because if it goes wrong, it will go super wrong, and that's but not who, okay. But who always wins in those conversations, though? I mean, it's the people who are like, all right, well, fuck it, we gotta find the eye. Like, I get that. Right, exactly. Those are the people who always win in those political or, like, you know, scientific discussions. So I think that, you know, there's always moral gray areas with them and stuff like that, but I think overall... If things would have worked out their way, or, or you know, if they were still around, mm, if they, they would do a lot. Uh, and I'm not saying, like, they would, like, you know, d- destroy life to get it done, but mm-hmm. they certainly aren't in the mindset of preservation. Yeah, I mean, they changed their whole lifestyle to search for that thing. They used to be, um, you know, they used to never settle down mm-hmm. until they found out right. that the eye existed, and now they're building the whole cities double cities on one planet you well know? like to be fair they didn't really settle there by that by choice they like yeah. crashed into the dark brim and were like well well they yeah we got no way out might as well set up a spa or something you well know? they crashed but, but also they gave up trying to get out and search for the eye exactly yeah yeah i'm, I'm with that camp it's like they could have with all the technology and things that they've found along the way i mean they had a they had the literal warp core that would have brought, you know, them to a different location. I feel like they could have made it. No, oh, that's happen. true. I mean, they, they they took a bunch of metal and built a, a core around a planet that could literally withstand a supernova. Yeah, you can build a ship. Put some sails on it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think I think they're good. You know, like they're morally like pretty neutral and stuff like that. But I think their obsession over the eye is something I can't, like, excuse for, because I think it's a little, like... I think it's a little messy sometimes, but... But by the I same still token, the characters really compelling. it's, like, it's older than the universe. They knew, like, that was the one thing they knew about it, was, like, the eye is older than the universe itself. And when you get a piece of information like that, I mean, that, like... Yeah, that, that it- has to fundamentally change your view of the entire world. Yeah, that is, like... The ultimate question is, how did the universe begin? All right, well, here's something that's older than the universe. That has to be very close to the answer to the ultimate question, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think, I think, given that context, you can excuse them for being a little overzealous. Um, I, I still think when you're like, hey, we should blow up the sun, it's maybe like, hey, I don't know, slow down, Buckaroo. Let's it, see what other options. I blow up the sun <laughs> to find the answer. But I, I you wouldn't blow I up a do, sun. I do genuinely think there is an argument to be made for should we do something that could potentially be harmful to this large number of planets and, like, you know, very evolutionarily early life forms in order to potentially answer the largest question in the known universe, you know? I think you could you could have that discussion. I think I would probably fall on the side of let's not try blowing up the sun, but I do think there is an argument to be made the other direction for it. For blowing and up I the think sun. For blowing up a sun. Not the sun, a sun. Like, there's a lot of Nomai. They live all over there's the There's a lot universe. of suns. This is just one. This is just one small yeah. little sun. And those suns couldn't be possibly be someone else's sun. Well, not yet. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is my final, this is my, my final thing, is I do think the fact that there is, like, some compelling arguments in there where people are like, did the eye even call out to us? Mm-hmm. Why would it like why would it even want you to find it? It doesn't 
it's just things just don't add up in terms for me for finding the eye i think well knowing its existence and passing down that information and like if it really if it was really you know if they picked up a signal for it and they were so concerned about it just wait till it comes by again <laughs> oh, <duck. laughs> if it wants to be found it'll come back I but like you're joking there, but that that sentence right there, which is also a central question they have, I think is so engaging yeah. too. Like if it wants to be found, like does the eye want to be found? You're like by the virtue of that question, you are like giving it almost sentience in a way. Like you are saying it has a will it's exerting on the world. And that like that makes the question even more interesting at that point of like, what is it worth to try and find this thing? If we know it's older than the universe itself and we are attributing it to being essentially some sort of being, you know, like, yeah. yeah and that's what I was going to bring up earlier too. I mean, you are attributing sentience to it. You took the words right out of my mouth hole, um, which is shitty. Cause I wanted to be the one to come up with it, Alex. Well, I have to sound smart. It's my podcast. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but the, why would they assume it's sentient? Lots of things put out signals. Supernovas yeah. put out signals. Black holes put out signals. Lots of things put out signals all the time. Like mm-hmm. that—that's—that's that's where the Nomai kind of lose a little bit of that—that uh, gravitas for me. You know, you start to think like, oh yeah, a bunch of nomad scientists, cool. But now they think a signal they got is sentient for no apparent reason. All right. No, thank you. Getting a little yeah. bit into zealot mode here, mm-hmm. and that's, that's where that's I kind of lost it on the on the Naomi. Josh, how did you converted a Naomi apologist? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Josh, how did you how did you weigh in on all this stuff? I know when we were talking, you said that you maybe weren't as engaged with the whole like question of the eye of the universe and everything as much as you were the like interpersonal narratives. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like. A super. I mean, I liked exp- like looking for the eye, and I liked the story behind it, but it wasn't something that I thought was like. I didn't think it was the big thing that hit home for me. Um, mm-hmm. But what I will say, or actually, what I want to know, I just want to clarify something here. So there were a couple groups from the Nomai. Um, mm-hmm. So the group that went into Dark Bramble, were they looking for the vessel to so get out of the there universe, was no or were they group? that went into Dark Bramble. Oh, they were there they, was the escape the pod. The vessel got trapped got and trapped. the escape pod That's stayed right. there because it didn't get out. But there were people saying like we should just take the vessel and get out of here. Yeah. The group in Dark we Bramble was looking it. for that to to try and do something because they knew they were going to die if they had to stay in the escape pod. Yes. Oh, okay. Then they just tracked it to the signal which was in that thing Oof. and then they ran out of air and Oof. which is one of the actually one of the biggest heavy hitting moments for me. Yeah, I love yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Seeing Finding all the floating the corpses. Graveyard. Just, it hurt. It hurt, man. Like, especially because you knew. Like, you knew immediately. Like, fuck. They just, they died on the way because fuck Dark Bramble. I was mad at a planet when that <laughs> happened. Like, fuck this place. Fuck Dark Bramble. I want it to burn. I don't even want to, I want to take the core out and I don't want to fix it because I want Dark Bramble to burn in hell. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Hold up. Is the Dark Bramble the devil? <laughs> If the sea, if the eye of the universe is God, then the dark bramble is the devil. The devil. The literal seed of evil. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, wow. We just stumbled on something that I had never even considered before. Amen. (laughs) I don't know. The the whole eye of the universe thing just... 
it just came off to me like, why why do they need the Eye of the Universe? Why? Why? There's no point mm-hmm. in it. Nothing's going to happen if they find the Eye of the, Eye of the Universe. Which, not true. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I think Solanum <laughs> kind of answers that question on the Quantum Moon, though, right? Like, that their entire culture is based around the idea of asking and answering questions and unraveling mysteries, and the Eye of the Universe was the biggest mystery they had ever found. So, like... Of course, their culture led them to be like, we have to figure this out. We have to answer the question, what would happen if a conscious observer entered the eye of the universe? Because that's the question. Uh, And I think, like, you are completely right to step away from that and say, like, well, why are you doing this? Why can't you just, like, embrace what you have and live in the moment, Brock? Come on, obviously. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think that culturally it makes sense that they would, like, give up everything for that. Though I think even in some of the children's writings, you start to see some people being like, I don't know about this quite so much. Yeah, does it make sense? Or was it the original Nomai who came into the galaxy that became fanatics that then passed that like fanaticism down to their offspring? Mm, we you talk know. about know my boomers up in yeah. here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. And all the, see, okay, that's how boomer. you know who's young and who's old in the call is we... <laughs> <laughs> we're on the side of no eye and you guys are on the side of eye i get it now no, i mean I see what's that is on. really like a thought i had i was like maybe yeah. like literally it's just like some kind of fanatic thing that was just passed down through the generations and it's like the only thing they had kind of thing I mean, so it, it makes sense right like it, it, they would have a reason to be so tied to it because they lost you know a huge number of their like you know clan for lack of a better word i don't know what they would use to describe like a group of them but they lost like a large number of them searching for it just by virtue of landing in dark bramble so like it makes sense that then the people who remembered those survivors would want to do whatever they could not to let that death be in vain so like of course they would go searching for the eye of course they would like drop everything to try and do that otherwise everything they did was you know essentially pointless Food for thought. That's God, pretty interesting. I, I hadn't considered love this story. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you can't deny that, like, whether it was a good story element or not, it definitely it's definitely got people chatting, you know? Yeah. You know, we've talked story. We've talked story. We've 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 told our tales about the eyes of the universes and the and the nomies, but when did you really start putting these things together? When did you start really knowing what was going on here? And I would say knowing what's going on here to the terms of, like, you felt like you had a grasp of things and you weren't just, like, orbital what canon? <laughs> uh, so go ahead, um, uh, Michael. What was the question? Tell me. All right. Well, <laughs> Alex, if you want to fill in, uh, I think we can kick Michael off yeah, his call, no and problem, we don't really need his man. audio. <laughs> yeah, it, mine's not super interesting. It was just... All right, I'll go. I'll yeah. go. Fuck it. I'll go. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. These fucking guests, man. I'll just you say never before know what you, you get when you bring other people up. Jeez. <laughs> I'll just say in general, like, I think this Keep it topic real. Keep is... It in the family. <laughs> this topic is in general maybe one of the biggest detriments to the game as in like what i'm saying is like to the point that we've been saying this whole time how it's like you got to stay with the game and like really figure it out i feel like the narrative for me did not come together until you know pretty late like it felt like i was learning a lot of stuff but i didn't really understand like the end goal or like what i was even trying to do at all until Define like, very pretty late for me pretty late 
Yeah. Uh, when, when like 11 o'clock. Late, for you. <laughs> like 11 o'clock at night. Um, like, I only had, like, a few question marks on the board left, basically. So I had, like, most of the mm-hmm. board filled out. It's, like, what I consider pretty late. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like, to the point I... where I understood everything, but it's, like, I don't know how to finish these last few puzzles. Mm-hmm. But did you understand, like, the broad strokes of what you had to do? Like, that that's... Having difficulty with the puzzles is one thing, but not understanding what you're trying to do is another. And I'm curious, like, is that what you're talking about? Like, which one of those gave you issues towards the end? I guess... Or both. Well, I mean, I guess uh, the whole Eye of the Universe thing is kind of, like, mm-hmm. just altogether confusing, even after you finish finish the story. Narratively, like, the thing that really brings it together is, like, when you actually start looking for the Nomai. And you're like, okay, I have a goal. I'm going to start looking for these escape pods basically right so you start thinking like, what <laughs> isn't that like what that was like the th- second thing i did in the game was start looking for the escape pods i didn't do that till later dog oh i also to be fair i didn't start looking for the actual because i found two of them mm-hmm. but i didn't actually like look for the signals because i just didn't think about it till yeah. basically towards the yeah, end i didn't like figure out the dark that. bramble Dark Bramble is pretty much my one of my last things I ever did, which was very convenient because that's where like all the end game stuff is. Exactly, it was like the last thing I did too. Well, wow, that's fucking wild. So how did? Okay, so I remember when I got to the Dark Bramble, I saw like the missing warp core. I saw like you know you there was a thing that you could put patterns into, and mm-hmm. yeah, because I remember getting to that point and thinking, okay, well I just gotta go find the warp core put it in the ship, go to the eye of the universe, and then I'll save everything, and that's the game. Cool, great, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And then I was just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was yeah. right about, like, mechanically what you have to do, but, but I was wrong about, right about story like... beats. Yeah. yeah. But, Josh, you're saying that you just, like, you had a, a totally disconnected experience from that. I'll say it just felt like I was... You know, I was, like, discovering things, and then I was just, like, figuring out pieces of the world as I was going. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was connecting necessarily until the very end. When did you have that aha moment of, like, what I'm going to do is get into the Ash Twin and take that core to the vessel and then, like, warp away? Well, it's definitely when I actually, well, it might actually not even be until the very end when I actually got into the vessel. And I was like... Oh, so this is what the... Ve- like, when I started to learn more about what the vessel was, I guess. I mm-hmm. guess I'll go a little earlier than that. Learn about what that was, like, used for, actually. Yeah. Listen, I'm an idiot, okay? It took me no, a long no. time. That's, no, no, I, no, no. I'm very curious. No one's was, arguing that. I was going like, to wait for... No, I'm kidding. Listen, I put the broken warp car in the vessel, and I was like, why ain't it working? I 100% I did that, too. absolutely <laughs> did that. I was like, oh, it's Great. right here. How convenient. <laughs> Broken. Oh no! It broke. Oh, oh! I see. That's floating in the vessel. The one yeah. that is literally yeah. titled "Broken Warp Core." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, um, that's... I was gonna say because I, you know, you're like, oh no, I, I felt the same way, but my perspective was just a little bit different on it because the like I didn't feel like I knew what I was supposed to do until literally the last hour and a half of me playing the game Mm -hmm. I knew where everything was I knew where the coordinates were I knew that the warp core was inside of the ash twin project while I didn't know how to get in there and I just didn't have the vessel so I spent the majority of the game not knowing what I was supposed to do like I made some assumptions about you know well, I got to find the eye somehow, mm-hmm. and I guess these coordinates are going to help, but I didn't find the vessel till towards the end, so I didn't really p- 
put together what I was supposed to do uh, story-wise and mechanic-wise till, like, the very end. But what I thought was, like, what I was, like, what's keeping me going and what's interesting to me was filling out that board and kind of that dopamine of being, like, Oh, I found something on the board. <laughs> this is wonderful. And I like read it and I'm so pleased with it. And that's where I got the satisfaction. And then once I was pretty much done, I read through everything again and it started to make a little bit more sense. So I don't know if it was just you and I had like, because we almost kind of had the same mm. ending in a way of like, I didn't know what to do till the end, but I, I don't know. Did you feel satisfaction from filling things in the board too? Or was it just kind of like, I definitely did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like when I saw like, you need to explore my hero, I would immediately go there and like, okay, I'm going to figure this out and get this on the board. <laughs> I want to get this done. I think that's, that's fair. Um, I, I will say, I think most people don't know what they're supposed to do until the last hour and a half of the game. Because I think about the time that you, have the coordinates, have found the vessel, and understand, like, what the Ash Twin project is. Usually it all clicks into place to, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but I think I, I, I'm surprised, maybe? Not really surprised. Like, I, I find it really interesting that the th narrative threads and the way that you experience them, particularly, Josh, didn't, like push you towards more conclusions as you were going along, which I don't think necessarily is a fault of, like, your understanding of it as much as just the order in which you did things. Um, like I was saying at the top, right, it's really hard to imagine any, like, the story prescribed in any way other than it was for the experience that I had with it. Mm. Um, so when I was finding things, it was like, you know, I was finding chunks, and I could see generally how they related to each other, but I couldn't, like, put the actual pieces together. But, like, starting to find those chunks moving closer to each other was definitely like the thing that kept me going and made me really interested in the the narrative itself um and i also think one of the this was definitely a, a really good example for me of a game where if you are able to literally talk it out with somebody else like physically talk it out with somebody else i think it starts to become more clear um, I had that experience when, like, talking to my brother who had beaten the game before me, and I had a bunch of pieces but didn't understand how they connected, and he was just asking me about what I had done so far, and I started to explain things like, well, I've got this, but I, like, you know, I've got... I know that I'm going to have to go to the vessel, but I, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. Like, I have to apparently find a warp core, but, like, I don't know where one is. I guess I'm going to go to the Ash Twin. Oh, that's right. There's one there. And then I'll pull it out. And then, oh, fuck, but that'll stop the, the loop there. So that means that that's going to be the end of the game. So I'm going to have to do that in a quick time crunch. And, like, you know, if you just talk about the mysteries, like, oh, the, not, the, the Nomai are really cool. But, like, I still don't. I'm at the end of the game, and I still don't understand why they're all dead. And then, like, oh, fuck, that's right, I'm an idiot, everything that happened on the interloper wasn't a contained thing, that's what wiped out all the Nomai, like, I think talking it out physically was extremely helpful for me, um, in, like, piecing everything together, and I think that was a, an experience I've had that was extremely unique to this game by the virtue of the storytelling, but I don't know if that would have been helpful if you didn't have, like, the information in the order that I received the information, you know? Yeah. And I will say very early on, I feel like we can all kind of get the general, you know, narrative, the mm. general narrative, like as you go through the game is you're just trying to figure out what happened to the Nomai and, you know, the eye of the universe in yeah. general is what you're trying to do. I mean, I feel like that came to me very early. It's just, but the specifics of how that would happen yeah. were, you know, put off to the end. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. 
that's totally fair. Um, I I do think the like Duncan had mentioned the finding little pieces on the board and having that like get checked off as you were going through it was definitely like an absolute genius way to portray that information. Well, it's the only way I knew how to do anything towards the end, right? Because it was like, well, oh, yeah. I have a ton of stuff here and I don't know where to go. I guess yeah. I'll just go to like one of the three question marks I have. I'm remiss to think of a to think of a game that has done something like that before. I'm sure there has been, but nothing there has comes to, to be, mind. But yeah, so it, that was a new experience for me because I think that is kind of a rare, not mechanic, but uh, way to portray the information, right? Yeah. Probably some mystery game or something like that. Feels almost like That'd be super helpful yeah. in a point and click. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Point and clicks. We're just going to talk about that. Yeah, like, except is. they typically don't have them, and they just have you fucking guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have exactly. to remember everything or use yeah. everything on everything. It's terrible. Okay, next up here, let's talk about some of the mechanics. You know, we're running running low on time. Let's talk about some of the mechanic stuff. Were you ever frustrated by any of the puzzles to, like, fall yes. into place with the timing <laughs> or any of how they worked or any, like, particular sand pillars that brought you a lot of grief? Uh, Josh, you seem to have some strong feelings, uh, yeah. and I agree with some of them. But I want to, I want to hear you out here. Let's. Uh... I do have strong feelings about this, and this is what I held off saying earlier in the podcast. Good for you. Um, so you know the main thing about this game that makes you feel really good. The main point of this game is exploration and discovery. They don't lead you to do anything. They don't tell you to do anything. You're just doing your own thing. You're figuring everything out for yourself. It's amazing. I love it. <sighs> and then there are certain puzzles where it... <laughs> just, I just heard you <laughs> age 15. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain puzzles. Well, okay. First, I'll mention like some of the time puzzles. Some of the time puzzles are just ridiculous. You do not... You should not have to wait 15 minutes to solve a puzzle, Okay. To be fair, like you can, conceptually, it's cool. You can just nap at the campfires. That is true. What? Well, didn't know yeah, that. At any campfire, you can just like hit A to take a short nap, and it displays a timer, and you can stop it whenever no. you get to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the roasted marshmallows. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you didn't tell me that game. Well, regardless, regardless. Yeah, sorry, you just got canceled, buddy. Keep going. Though. <laughs> okay. You know how many times I sat at Ember Twin. I sat so long. Yeah. For, for which Not, puzzle specifically? No, uh, well, I guess the um, really the last one. Uh, yeah. I, I oh, mean, actually, the other one I sat at was um, Dark Bramble when you're trying to get into the Tower of Knowledge. Well, Quantum Tower of Knowledge. Quantum of Knowledge. You no, mean, that's, tower, that's, tower of Quantum Knowledge. What's it called? That's Brittle Hollow, but Tower of. Quantum oh, I knowledge. said Dark Bramble. My bad. Yeah. yeah no problem. Um, Brittle Hollow, that, getting into the quantum tower of knowledge that is totally fair i i 100 stumbled into that one by accidentally falling into the black hole so i i feel like you only have to wait for it if you knew it was gonna happen well see that's the thing i had the idea like back to the exploration and how it ties into this i had the idea like ah, oh, you know maybe it falls through that i think that'd be a cool idea but uh, do I really want to sit around for this long? I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think just it's gonna happen. So my mind is around there. the black hole. That's what I did. I did that for about you know fifteen minutes. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen, so I'm not gonna wait. So there I just is, never did. Uh, okay. There is actually yeah. a way you can get up there without going through the black hole, but I think it's totally like it's exploiting the 
mechanics of the engine with like the way you can rubber band around that black hole and like eventually shoot yourself up just high enough to get into it without it uh, dropping through. Yeah, but that's Which is not what like I did try the to intended do. Solution. Uh, trying to get the warp core forge going. I did that for about <laughs> half an hour, trying that's to weave my hole. way through some of the ice stalactites Michael, and just uh, like uh, zipping I, around. I put my ship on top of the black hole forge and then put the switch on to make it go up, thinking that I could like catch it in there and like get it stuck. Oh, <laughs> so Duncan, that's we, beautiful. We, well, that's some pretty dumb ideas. So, oh. don't worry about it. but okay, at least so. the camera on the front of the ship worked. You know, like. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so so those those specific timing puzzles a little were like i i see what you mean though because like i feel like there were a lot of times the only times i felt like i really looked things up were to validate the things that mm-hmm. i wanted to know yep. and being like i don't want to sit here or wait for this to happen so like just tell me because i think i know like, and, I already uh, had the idea. Yeah, just like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I actually get that very much. And I, I think it's like all the good was building up. Good, good, good. I'm figuring out all these puzzles. It feels good. This is awesome. Exploration. Cool, cool. All right, there are these, there are these annoying puzzles at the end that I can't figure out or, you know, I just can't figure out. So I have to look it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, it kind of spoils the game for you, honestly, in my opinion. If I knew how to nap, that wouldn't be a problem. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to I gotta kind of not worry. I got to not, I got to hold that one back. It, I don't know. I will but you say. Did. I agree. I agree that those puzzles and the, the timing-based aspect of them can be really frustrating. Um, and especially if, if you don't really know where you're going and you just want to try a bunch of things. Um, but I also want to like interject a little bit and say that by the time you start to figure out the solution to that puzzle, um, specifically with the Ashwin one, you're just, like, waiting. I found, like, a distinct sense of, like, almost melancholy in floating around the planet, just waiting for that sand to drain, just considering everything that I had put together so far and, like, the ramifications of what I was trying to do in a way that, like, I don't think necessarily justifies how frustrating it could be at a time, but definitely took the edge off for me because it felt like, like, here's a moment to breathe in between trying to put these pieces together and, like, really stop and consider everything that had happened up to this point and in a way that really made me appreciate what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You're full of Mm -hmm. shit. I'm yeah, not, no, I'm you not. are. That's a real, that was a real art house game kind of, kind of. I'm not explosion. saying it was the intended portion, like the intended reason behind it. I'm saying that was a side benefit that I pulled out of it when I had like pieced together largely what I had to do. I'll be um, real with you. When I had to wait, I was just on my phone playing Hearthstone or something. Exactly. I had <laughs> my phone up. I was like, like "This is know? pointless. Yeah, I have to I'm, sit here and wait." Yeah, I, I would I always know. do what Alex did. I would just float around the planet. Yeah. I had so much fun with the physics of that. Hell yeah. The physics of that game were actually extremely fun when you start to, to pry them apart a little bit. Yeah. So a puzzle that wasn't time-gated for me that I did um, gave me some trouble in the beginning um, before I realized how stupid I was. I tried to land on the sun station so many times. <laughs> just <laughs> land on it with the ship, and there, uh, there were just do that. at least... At, least 10 different moments where like i'm just looking up i didn't even want to look at the sun because i'm just being dragged into it and i know this is happening and i'm just like <laughs> oh come on boost out of it you son of a bitch not again um yeah 
That was really good. It's not <laughs> a hard puzzle either. I mean, I figured no. it out very quickly, but I didn't have to. I don't think we're going to find time to talk about the Sun Station, but I just want to shout out how fucking incredible every moment of being on the Sun Station for the first time was. It was super cool. If we were talking very favorite moments, that would definitely be my number one. That would be a top three for sure. Music there was just great. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. The <laughs> grandeur, the spacewalk you have to do from one end to the other, the, the sun below you. I, reading it, that you only have like two minutes left. Ugh. Yeah. Reading that like nothing that now my or the nomai did is actually causing this. The sun is just dying by virtue of the sun coming to the end of its life. It was all oof. Ooh, the sun station was so good. That was big oof. Gotta imagine yeah. getting that like first. Like that was one so of the weird. first things. It would things. be so weird. I don't like. You I do that's you can you can do anything. No, that was one of my first. That was one of my very earliest ones. Was figuring really? It out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you're so dedicated awesome. to getting to the sun station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's weird. That must have been such a weird. Uh, what a cool intense. game. What a yeah. fucking cool game to experience the story in like a hundred different ways, but have the same information presented to you. Anything else about the mechanics or puzzle stumps? I will um, say that that last thing really put me off, the last puzzle that I had to look up. Um, so I was pretty down on the game like after I finished it, but then it's like one of those things where I just think about all the other moments, and like it just like really makes up for that. So Gotcha. That's, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely... I can understand how that could sour you a little bit, but I'm glad mm. that you're able to like step back and realize that you know the rest of it was was significantly more than just that one chunk. Though I will say 100% fuck the gravity cannon forever because it's such a red herring to try and get to the quantum moon with that thing, and you just That's don't. You just oh can't. yeah. All right, let's talk about the ending, and then we'll give like. Should we talk about the art and music a little bit first, or should we just? Dump uh, right I, th- in? I think let's let's jump into the ending, and then okay. after that, we can kind of touch on how the art and music influenced that in the whole game. Because yeah. I want to talk about the ending, and I don't want to get too far away from the story before we do. Cool, cool. Um, oh fuck! How do you even begin tackling how do this? You even begin it? How do you even begin it? I want to say here's how I want to begin it. I want to be, here's how I want to begin it is I came into a call with uh, Alex and Michael here. And I said, I think I know what you're going to have to do to end the game. And I just want to say it on record now so we don't have, you know, so I know it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think you're going to have to align all the musical signals at once. And that's what I said. So I thought it was like point, like being in a certain perspective to align all the musical instruments at once. And I felt at the end of the game where I was very close to that. Uh, So for me, (laughs) the ending was pretty satisfying because I got up off my chair and I went, fuck yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, But also it was beautiful. You left that call and Michael immediately said, holy shit, he got so close. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, I was very impressed because I did not even... No, not even a little. So I really liked it. Um, I think there was enough, like, mind, like, quantum, like, you're here, but also here kind of stuff where they didn't, like, overdo it. But it's enough to make it still feel a little creepy. And I think Mm -hmm. the, like, forest scene where you see all the stars and they start, like, all dying out was probably one of the more powerful moments for me in the game where I'm like, oh, this is sad. Because I don't think I understood that all, like, even this star was dying for some reason. Uh, So that just kind of, like, helped me remember that and feel that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of just in my 
idea in my view just kind of like becoming a god and creating a universe in a way or at least witnessing the creation of a universe is uh just a really unique way to uh wrap it up so i really liked this ending i think without it i wouldn't have felt so strongly about the game as a whole i i have trouble putting into words my feelings about the ending honestly um i had tried a couple of times earlier today to just like quickly summarize how i felt about it and like it's just not possible um i think i finished the game like saw end credits and you know i took like a couple of minutes and then i called my brother to talk about it and i think like the word that I, like, both of us had agreed and used was, like, at some point, like, multiple points during the endings, it felt almost transcendent um, mm. in a way that I was not expecting um, a game to to make me feel. Because um, it's not like, you know, it's not a gut punch type ending, right? Like, there is, you know, there's obviously a sense of, of sorrow to it in the fact that you are literally watching the end of the universe um, before you watch the birth of a new one. But like, and there's nothing you can do about it, and there's nothing you can do about it, and that like right. that is that note is what struck with me so hard. Like I think the like campfire jamboree, let's play our instruments into the like dawn of a new world is amazing, but like that that sense of powerlessness that uh, like ends up pervading the whole game is like punctuated in this ending that you you know despite everything you've done, despite all the knowledge you gathered on your journey, you were still just. You were an observer. That's all you've ever been as a passive observer to what is happening throughout this universe, to the stories of other people. And like that that punctuation of all of that together at one point as you observe the end of all things is so not a video game. Like it is so distinctly like not what you would get in any other game, right? You didn't go out fighting, you didn't like find a like Deus Ex Machina to save the day. You didn't do any of that. You just sat and like played an instrument and and listened and watched and like being forced to sit and wrestle with that and like our powerlessness in the face of the like enormity of the universe and the forces at play here like really ended up genuinely and truly sticking with me in a way that it was way way more powerful than I had even initially realized um and like I have thought about this game in depth essentially every single day since I've beaten this game um and I I find the the allegory and and everything that is at play um just moving and touching in a way that is I hadn't felt this way since like Near Automata and I didn't feel nearly as strongly about it in Near Automata and then to end it with such a positive note in terms of like here is you know here is a new universe here's a new world here is like you were just an observer, yes, but you were an observer, like one of potentially countless observers before you watching the end and beginning of a universe in a way that, like, leaves a lot of questions, but none of them need answering. Um, I don't know, man. This ending, surprising nobody, it worked for me a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I had all that stuff on my note card too. Like I had it <laughs> yeah, ready. Um... <laughs> I've got it in this Word doc, almost word for word. So yeah. yeah, I mean that makes sense. I stole it from your Word doc. I hacked your computer and oh, stole it. Oh, you son that. of a bitch! I know. Plagiarism. Um. It, yeah. Cool. Uh, Josh, what did you uh, what did you think of the ending? Uh, I mean, I. I uh, if yeah. you didn't, if you didn't feel strong, you don't. We've had things where one of yeah. us, like me or Alex, who's very strong about something, and everyone's like, 
That was really dumb. C dropsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's really dumb. Good. You know I, I what I mean. If you had a different I, opinion on it. No, I feel, you know, relatively the same. I mean, yeah, the only thing I would add to that is, like, how human is that? Like, the whole idea that we could do anything with the universe at all. You mm-hmm. know, that's, like, the whole yeah. thing. Like, you try to do anything to stop the end of the universe, but... Yeah, but I bet if they blew up that sun, we probably would have gotten it. (laughs) Yeah, we were this close. We were so close, guys. What do you think would happen if the the? I mean, what do you think would happen if the Noma even got in there? You know what I mean? Like, all all up in its guts. I mean, I think that's the idea, right? Though, like, if they had blown up the sun and eventually found the eye of the universe, and a Noma had entered as a conscious observer into the eye of the universe, it still would likely have been the end of the universe and the birth of a new one. Like, so does entering the eye of the universe mean a birth of a new universe? I think it's left open to interpretation, yeah. but that's kind of the way that that I viewed it. And it's so interesting because I never even like b- bothered to think about that. Where I'm just like, it doesn't matter. This is just this is what it is, and it's it's pretty beautiful. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell you though, I definitely didn't have Alex's uh, uh, experience at the end of it. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't expect anyone to have other than me. I mean, not even a little, though. So let me tell you. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but because I think at the end of that game, I was I was really frustrated with the Astrid Project, and I was see, I was in that problem-solving mode. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get into the eye, and, you know, even even just getting through the quantum moon, it's like, problem. well, how do I get to the North Pole? Okay, well, now what do I do? All right, do mm-hmm. I have to do I have to take pictures of me entering the eye? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I did shoot my thing off at the end, and I was like, oh, oh can't, oh, do anything can't, with that. can't get it back. You lo- it yeah. actually it shows up in the new universe. Does it? Yeah. If yeah. you if you lose your probe while on the eye of the universe, and that like post credits like screenshot of all the new aliens sitting around a campfire, your probe goes flying by in the background. That is oh, fantastic. I think I missed it. Wow. It's really cool. <laughs> it's only if you fired it off, like. If it doesn't work during you like use like being able to use it, it doesn't work. But you have to fire it off before. I think. Yeah, that's really cool. But but I was in this problem solving mode the entire time, right? And even once you get into the eye, you're in the forest. You still have to solve a bunch of problems to get all the instruments together. And I think a lot of the ending with the music and then the whole universe thing. It, it took me until a while after I had completed it to understand and really appreciate what was going on at the time because I was very much in this analytical mode, right? The entire time. So a lot of that impact was absolutely just lost on me Mm. initially. And then it like, you know, as, as I'm thinking about it more, as I'm talking with Alex more, I'm like, wow, that's a masterpiece. I wish I was paying more attention at the time (laughs) or like actually paying less attention at the time, you know? Um, and, yeah, yeah, so that's that's that kind of how I felt about it. it. It took it was it was a time bomb for me. Yeah, I mean it's it's a harsh change in like what they expect from you if you go straight from you know if you like just finish out the Ash Twin project or were frustrated trying to do it like and then immediately go fix it. Like I think I was in a really good spot to accept that because I had more or less figured out the puzzle for the Ash Twin project the night before I beat it. And the and mushrooms were just starting to kick on. in. And... Yep. <laughs> uh, I, but then I, I like hopped on the next day, so I had spent maybe 30 minutes playing the game prior to actually ending it, so I was in like a perfect mentality to have considered enough but not actually be frustrated with anything so that it all worked extremely well. Yeah. 
What I will say is one of the best parts of the ending that we didn't really touch on on our discussion is when you grab the core from the Ash Twin project and the like no matter where you are in the game the like death synth starts coming on yeah. and there's something so special about that extended tune as you're driving towards the uh the um the dark bramble and the feeling of like I'm going to end this all like yeah. this mm-hmm. is it and like you, I had the like thoughts of like I should go back to my home planet to say goodbye to everyone before I go, <laughs> but then I realized how in-game stupid that is. So it's like, no, I should just go do this thing. It's good that um, you had that but, thought, though. Like, that's that's quality. It is yeah. cool that it's like, it is you've been stuck in this loop and this is the end of it. You know what I mean? It just, it feels so weird to be detached from that loop. And, yeah, I just gotta mm-hmm. go bump knuckles with Gabbro real quick. Oh, oh God, Gabbro, so come cool. with me. <laughs> Yeah, I it's it, it's really interesting. I think ac- one of the parts that actually worked really well for me was walking through the museum a second time. Um, yeah. Like, right at the beginning after you drop down the eye and you just get to, like, walk through and see the relics of your universe displayed as if they were, like, in a museum for everyone else to see. Um, and I think that was, like, a really uh, powerful moment that also... It, it just felt really cool and, like, almost weirdly foreign, but... I I don't know. Everything about that was really cool. And then also you find the anglerfish fossil and the little plaque is like, eh, of all the things we lost in this universe, the anglerfish won't really be missed that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I like that. that a lot. Yeah, what about that cheap jump scare that they have in the in the forest when you're trying to find a feldspar's instrument? That was a cheap jump scare. It, it did scare me. got me, and I was <laughs> so angry that they put that in. Turn my flashlight off immediately. God. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. I guess I'm just sort of a sort of more of a, a man than you guys are. Oh, you're a big oh, brave. Oh, I wasn't yeah. even scared. Oh, wow. Jeez, wow. I wasn't even scared. No. Wow. So it, was, it was very good. Um, I liked I liked a lot of what they did at the ending. It did take me quite a while to figure out how to get the instrument that's floating off in the distance because I forgot that your signal <laughs> scope can do a zoom in feature because yep. I didn't use it once the whole game. Um, so that was a little. I mean, that was just kind of, that was more funny than anything else, just in the like, oh, right, they put that feature in and taught me about it 16 hours ago, and then I ignored it completely. <laughs> yeah. You don't really need to use it. You don't ever need to use it, but yeah. I, I still thought it was kind of a, a neat little thing. But man, all, the way the ed, the music, the way all of the music, like, tied together at the ending of the game was really, really, really satisfying. Yeah. All the um, different uh, travelers. Yeah, all the different instruments playing together at once. Yeah, it's kind of like how they all are connected, you know, across the universe. I think that's a really cool, like, thing. They all, they all, you don't realize it as they're, well, I guess you can kind of realize it as you're visiting them all, but, I mean, they're mm-hmm. all playing the same song, and in that way, they're all kind of connected. Better if they were playing a Beatles song. Well, I'm glad they weren't doing that. <laughs> uh, I like the introduction of Solanum there. There's a lot of cool little things this game does that I think are really easy to miss, right? Like, you know, the Quantum Moon is totally optional, so Solanum won't appear in the ending if you don't, like, go through and find him in the Quantum Moon. I think I had talked to each of you about, like, you know, if you wait for the loop to end while you're in the Ash Twin project and then jump into the black hole, you can like end up talking to another version of yourself the next time mm-hmm. you go there, which is a ton of fun. And I think mm-hmm. you can actually get another like one of the you died endings that way. Um 
you know, you, there's a bunch of like weird little joke endings about breaking the fabric of the universe. Like there's a lot of little things this game does that I think are really, really neat as well. Yeah. And something that um, I, I do have to bring up is just like how everything worked so perfectly, how everything worked like it should. You know, like, there was never a moment you're like, well, that didn't, that that wasn't right physics physics wise, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the planets, like the gravity and how they worked and how you traverse them, everything felt good. Yeah, it's true. I was never brought out of it. In fact, I was very highly immersed in this game. There was never like a game breaking moment for me. My only gripe, my only gripe, and I think this will lead us to talk about art and stuff like that, is I think the anglerfish models were not the animations for some of them and like Josh like you were talking about uh those anglerfish like I got one of them stuck in a corner too and like there's something and that was like one of the first things I did and there's something about watching that animation play out where I'm just I don't know it just didn't end up being that impactful for me or work for me or as immersive for me but I mm-hmm. will say when I figured out that you know you don't you stay quiet uh during it and you just zoom through the four of them, or like five that are all just staring at the center. Uh, that's when I kind of I can kind of feel it. But I think I we're running kind of close to time here, so I think maybe we talk a little bit about some of the visuals and music and stuff like that, and then we can wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. good. Cool. I've been researching. I'm not researching, but I've been like looking into a bunch of stuff. Obviously, after I've finished the game, and mm-hmm. one of the cool things that I came across in uh, one of the documentaries I watched was like how, you know, everything needs to work for you. Everything needs to be like rendered, obviously for the player, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also for your ship too, right? Because like if something happens to your ship while you're not there, it needs to actually happen to it. So that mm-hmm. needs to be rendered. And then also like if you shoot your probe off somewhere, like that needs to be actually rendered too and like actually working, right? Because like you need to be able to take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, the programmers almost, like, they were really hoping they could actually do, like, a hidden achievement where it's, like, you have everything on a different planet <laughs> and just, like, cause the game to, like, almost crash. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting, That's though, because, great, yeah. because, yeah, those those three planets would all have to exist for mm-hmm. the game to call that information. That's actually, yeah. huh. Yeah, that That's sucks really from a <laughs> perspective of that. I, yeah. yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool. I was like, dang, you don't even think about that kind of thing. That's like, like really all neat. the work that goes into that kind of physics. You can't physics, 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 <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that was the no clip documentary. Yep. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Shout out to the no clip documentary, which I think is available for free on YouTube. Yep. Um, whoop, whoop. So I'm going to check that out probably after this recording at some point. I just, I just want to throw my love out to how everything in this game looks. It's so polished in a sort of like, I feel like you either have these like nice kind of like cartoony painted textures kind of thing or people go for, you know, more like photo real or whatever. It, there's something with 3D environments specifically. There's something with how the artists stuck with a lot of the style here in each of the zones and like I don't know, there's just something about all the animation or the uh, assets that just felt really crisp and the colors worked really, really well for each of the planets and like designing a whole sphere, like a whole sphere of a planet and like what's on it and where is like 
this is just an amazing level design example of like how you had to specifically hide things in 3D space. Because like, for example, like Brittle Hollow, like if I look in the center of Brittle Hollow, I shouldn't be able to see everything, but you have to be able to see certain things from certain angles because they want to point you in that direction to give you that hint. And I think that is some like next level thinking of having a spherical map and trying to lead the player in certain directions without giving them too much visual information. And it's just like, how do you even begin to think of something like that? Is like, I don't know. It's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, I can't I mean, wrap even my think head about like the, that design. Yeah. Think, think about like the outside of the planet, right? Like, yeah. Everything is pretty flat except for the areas that you should explore. Yeah. How do you tell you the player realize. to go there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, it's so detailed in the areas you should explore. Like, mm-hmm. that, like that's how they led you. Yeah. Like, like if you think about Timber Hearth, like, it's just flat grass until you get to one of the craters. And then it's, like, the crazy detailed, all this stuff. Like, yeah. that's such a cool way to, like, lead the player to explore. And they didn't go too overboard with assets either. They, like, just added just enough so you could parse through... And that's another thing that's amazing, too, is all the objectives, like, all the things that you had to grab were so easily picked out. Like, I never felt like I'm, or I never really even missed any items that I needed to grab to, like, you know, put, or any of the scrolls to put into those things. Because, like, they were just well laid out, uh, so I didn't miss any puzzle objectives. I don't know. But not too well laid out. Like, you had to look a little bit. Yeah. It's good. It engaged you, but it didn't frustrate you to explore or experience any of those spaces, which is exactly that's all really visual, good. baby. Also, shout out to the design of the Harthians, which I absolutely loved each and every one of them. They all looked so cool and so good. They were um, so cute. Uh, I, was, I, I what the, a good intro. Yeah, I love the I love the little detail. Like, there's just one that just has three eyes. There's that four. <laughs> like, he just got an eye poked out, and he's just happy and hanging out and. <laughs> I really liked him. He, he he stuck out for me. I took a picture of him, sent it to my girlfriend. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, but yeah, from art to the music. I mean, I you know, we've talked a little bit about the music. I don't want to spend yeah, time on it because we I probably just don't have a up. lot. But man, holy shit! They the way the music punctuated all of the story moments in that game was absolutely incredible. Um, and also um, a masterwork of design. And that soundtrack is really good. So go check it out. And go listen to. 14.3 billion years later and feel things. I mean, if you want to. If you want to. Does anyone have but anything else to talk about? I, I don't. I, I've said. All right. I mean, I could talk about the game for four more hours, but I don't think it'd be interesting. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> okay. Well, with that said, I think we are good to wrap things up. Again, the video game, the masterclass, the beauty is Outer Wilds. Uh, developed by Mobius Digital, published by Anapura Interactive for that PC, Xbox, and PS4. Um, hey, shout outs to Annapurna Interactive. I don't normally shout out publishers because, like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, but, like, I've been looking through their catalog and what they published, and they are, like, they're out there doing it, man, between this and Kentucky Route Zero and Sayonara Wild Hearts and the Wadham game from the person who made Katamari Damacy. Like, damn. They're good. Yeah. Um, and if you would like to listen to more of these episodes, we're available on Spooderfy, the iTunes, and all those good places. Uh, we are currently working on a series right now where Alex and I are building a zoo uh, 
in Planet Zoo. It is just a little goofy romp. Uh, I'd love for you to check it out, give us some feedback. If you'd like to leave a review, appreciate it. That would be either on iTunes would be cool, or if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do it either by Twitter, which is at Thoughts from P1, or follow us there. You can find us on Facebook, right? Just by searching for us on Facebook. Whoa, that was a word. Yeah, I passed out. <laughs> Uh, uh, and real quick, our that, uh, that YouTube series is called "We Must Build the Zoo." I don't think we got it. Okay, it's in the link in the in the episode description. So, real quick, it is also very funny. I just want oh, to thank you. you. I think one do it. Hilarious. Very funny. Very funny stuff. Uh, and our email is thoughtsfromplayer1 at gmail.com. If you want to give us any private feedback or any questions about the games that we have played, <laughs> that was too sensual. I do not like the way you said private. <laughs> Well, get over I'm, it. I'm you know, I'm allowed to inject a little personality in this. Alex is uh, always trying to kill this stuff. You know what? I'm going in another rant. I'm going in another rant. If you do want to, if you do want to reach out to us, you can send me. No, never mind. Okay. No. Well, that's it. Thank you all so much, and uh, thank you, Josh and Michael, for joining us today to talk about the outer wilds i'm really happy both of you got to play this game i'm sure alex is fucking ecstatic that you two played this game as well i got to live vicariously through you guys three additional times and it's the greatest gift i've ever been given i do wish i could erase my memory to play this game again this game and michael and i michael i think you told me this when you finished it you said i wish this game and doki doki i could erase my memory and play again just play again (laughs) just experience for the first time oh it's so good i feel Um, you on that Josh, do you want to shout out your Twitch stream real quick? Uh, I don't do it too often, but I do stream on twitch.tv slash Joko Games. Joko Games. J-O-K-O Games. Games. There we go. All right. Hit us with that greeting <sighs> card for today. Do you got one for us? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of really good greeting cards about space out there, very <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So I got, I got, I found this one. This is the only one I could find. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this one is from Thoughts from Player One to Outer Wilds. Okay. You've been taking up so much space in my brain. I think you owe me rent money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at least it made sense. Good and night. Put the old Alex spin on that. <laughs> oh, good night. where we we got to do the song now